Today's New Testament reading is from Galatians, the second chapter. Then, after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation, and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running, or had not run, in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seemed influential, what they were makes no difference to me, God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Glenn Thomas 
from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, where Paul writes, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, In 2010, the Chicago Bears football team had 80 players, including 19 rookies, in their spring training camp. It would not be long until that 80-player roster would be cut down to 65, and then it would be cut once again to 53 players, those players who would actually make the team and start the regular season. Of the 19 rookies in that training camp, the Bears knew that probably only about seven would end up making the team. In a challenge to the 19 rookies in the camp, then-Bears head coach Lovey Smith said, Make us put you on the team. In other words, play so well out there on the field that we have no choice but to place you on the team. Let your performance make the decision for us. Earn your way onto this team. Well, unfortunately, some people think that the same principle applies in our relationship with God. They believe that salvation comes either entirely, or at least in part, due to our performance in life. They feel as though they need to play themselves onto God's team, so to speak. In our text, Paul is addressing the Galatian Christians who are being challenged by some troublemakers, as Paul refers to them. These troublemakers were insisting that salvation and a right relationship with God came through faith in Christ and the keeping of the law of God. Christ and keeping the law were put on equal terms. And when Gentiles were added to the church, the insistence that these Gentiles keep the law would in effect deny that Christ's saving work is all-sufficient. It would say that Christ's saving work is only part of what you need to be saved. Even many Christians today are tempted to think in these same terms especially in America where we have a strong work ethic and want to say that we earned or at least contributed in some way to what we received. And so we are tempted to try to impress God with our good life, just like the rookies in the Chicago Bears training camp were trying to impress their coaches. And the more we try to impress God with our good life, one of two things or both actually can happen. First, we can get very frustrated when our attempts at self-promotion before God fail, and we do the very things we were trying to avoid. Or, we think we are succeeding and become self-righteous, and then, just like the troublemakers in our text, we deny the all-sufficiency of Christ's work here on this earth. But as Paul so bluntly states in our text, if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Thankfully for us, righteousness, Christ's perfect righteousness, is given to us as a free gift. In the great reversal that took place through Christ, 
He took our sin upon himself on the cross, the perfectly righteous one becoming sin for us, and we, the sinful ones, are given his righteousness freely by God's grace, his undeserved, unmerited love for us through faith in Jesus Christ. It is in our baptism that God washed away our sin, clothed us in the righteousness of Christ, and made us heirs of everlasting life. With Paul, we can say we have died to the law, in the sense that we are not looking to the law to save us, not even in part. It cannot, and there is no need for it to do so. Christ has done it all for us. As Paul writes, it is now Christ who lives in us. We are so tightly bound to Christ by faith and trust in him that Luther said it is like we are cemented to him. And with Christ living in us, we now want to please God, not in some futile attempt to earn anything from him, but out of thanksgiving, as people who have been given more than we could ever imagine possible. As the old expression goes, an apple tree produces apples not so that it can become an apple tree, but because it is an apple tree. It's the natural thing that an apple tree does. So also in our lives. As Christians, good works flow naturally from us. Works that flow from faith in Jesus Christ, the Christ who lives in us. Our desire now is to serve God and our neighbor any time and every time we can. May this same Christ, who loves you and gave himself for you, live in and through all you do this day. Amen.